Freedom Talks podcast. This week, we are interviewing Dr. Joe Nelson. We did a Zoom call earlier this week. Just wanted to hop on quick before just to introduce the podcast a little bit. And I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Freedom Talks podcast. Today, I'm here with a former a colleague of mine, I guess, in PT school or um, classmate. And we actually sat next to each other all the time. um, And we have the same name. Um, Today, we're here with Dr. Joe Nelson. Joe, welcome. Thank you, Joe. Joe number two. It's great to have you. Joe and I always had a little uh, running joke in PT school with uh, professors, you know, when they go through um, the attendance at the beginning of every class, they kind of have their head down, they're reading off names, so-and-so, and and they say, here, Joe and I are in the same cohort and completely next to each other in the same, in the alphabet. So it was Joe and Joe. So since I was second, Joe automatically got Joe number one. Which is fair. I think he's number one in pretty much everything, as I think we'll talk about today. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely true. Joe, tell us a little bit. Let's start with, um, you know, just let's start with the basics, you know, kind of where you're from, um, how you got into PT school, and um, and then we'll kind of move on from there. Yeah, for sure. I grew up in Wisconsin, not too far from Carroll, about 25 minutes from where we went to school in Waukesha. And overall, uh, how I got into PT, everyone always asks me that. Like most people get into PT because they got hurt at some point through high school athletics and and they had some experience with rehab. I actually don't have any rehab experience personally. Like I've never gone to PT as a, as an individual. And so I knew I wanted to do medicine. Medical school seemed a little daunting just from a time perspective. And I also wanted to spend more time with my patients. And obviously physicians don't spend a ton of time with their patients. And so physical therapy seemed like a good fit. I played sports in high school. And so it seemed like a a pretty good niche. And then throughout undergrad, doing exercise sciences, most people do for physical therapy, kind of discovered the weight room and strength and conditioning and things like that. And so kind of kind of fell in love with that and the ability to kind of modify adaptations of the body for for whatever you want. And so rehab seemed like a, a next next step that was that was good. I almost almost didn't do PT. Almost did strength and conditioning exclusively, but obviously with PT you get to do a little bit of both, and you can't do both if you just do strength and conditioning. I guess that kind of the perfect segment, um, really into what you're doing now because it seems like you're doing a little bit of both, right? Yeah, definitely a little bit of both for sure. And so it's been about a year now since I started my own practice. I'm based out of a CrossFit gym in Chicago, and so definitely do a little bit of both very heavy in strength and conditioning, very heavy in, in fitness athletes and, and focused on that population. And so this allows me to, I have some clients that I just do training with, and then I have physical therapy patients that we do rehab with, but it, usually at the end of any rehab plan, it all looks very similar. And so it's been nice to be able to do both and, and stay in touch with that strength and conditioning side, as well as the rehab side for those who do have injuries. Now, are you at the same gym that you always have been at since you <clears throat> go to Chicago or is this a different one? So it's a similar gym. So I started my PT career at a small private practice in Chicago. And a part of that, that job was doing some like local community based marketing. And so I kind of created a relationship with the gym through that job. And then ultimately that, that job just wasn't the best fit. And so when I moved off of that, that position, I was approached by the owner of the gym and he was like, Hey, you could always do PT here. You can always just start your own, your own practice here. And I've always said, I didn't want to own my own practice. Like that sounds like a lot of work. It doesn't seem like something that I really want to do. 
Yeah. But I just started it as a kind of a side gig, really. And so for the end of 2022, it was really just a side gig. I was just doing it on Fridays and, and weekends while working for a larger company during the week. And then kind of into, into 2023, once I realized, hey, I really like this, like I'm able to treat the way that I think is right. I'm able to work with people how I want to in a structure that I think is very patient friendly. And I really wanted to pursue this and make this a little more serious. And so I kind of spent a little more time taking it a little more seriously. And now where we're at now is trending towards being here full time. Are you still working at that bigger firm part time? Yep. So I do a couple a couple of days a week there for now. And then hopefully by the end of November, we'll be full time here. Okay. What's your other what's the other company you're at? So I work for PT Solutions. Okay. So just your larger outpatient ortho yeah. clinic and started there full time. And then just kind of like I said in 2023 progressed, started cutting hours, trimming down, and at this point now pretty much ready to make the full switch. So what are you a couple days a week there and then the rest? Yep. Yep. So I'm there two days a week for now. And then by the end of November, I'll just be here. Um, Tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, I know it's at a CrossFit gym. um, So I think it's pretty self um, explanatory, your clientele a little bit, but kind of give us, I think some listeners aren't up to date on, you know, CrossFit and the CrossFit athlete and really some of the um, impairments that you see with your clientele. Yeah. So when I was looking into doing some marketing, obviously working with people who are comfortable in the weight room, lifters, people who are active in in the fitness realm was something that I was interested in. And CrossFit is honestly probably the, the largest, most accessible version of that population. I mean, a lot of people work out and, and exercise, but in terms of like barbell movements, some gymnastics movements, I started getting really into treating some gymnasts. There's just such a large variety. You got running, you have yeah, all these different exercise modalities that are just grouped into CrossFit. And then the general population is doing those movements. Like you go to a commercial gym, you're not going to see a bunch of people doing clean snatches and, and blow-ups and handstands and, and all that stuff. But all of those things are common in a CrossFit gym. And those are the kind of movements that I, I really like working with and specifically barbell movements and, and being able to kind of fine tune those and, and figure out issues with, with people doing that. I also find that CrossFit is big into lifting pretty heavy, at least this gym, they lift pretty heavy here. And so being able to match that intensity from a rehab perspective is, is always cool. You have people who are used to working out at a pretty high intensity and then they're coming in with injuries when they're squatting like 200 plus pounds, like your average, average run of the mill PT clinic typically doesn't have the capabilities to even assess that or look at that, or how do we, how do we do that up? And so it's, it's a great place for me to be in this environment not only do I have access to all the equipment and things that I'm looking for, but also have access, direct access to a large population of the people that I enjoy working with. I think that's something that's really tough um, about physical therapy in general. And we, I mean, we just had a staff meeting about this topic and I think you can really, as physical therapists, we can talk about this forever is when you have people that are injured, it doesn't matter whether it's a runner that's like, you know, I can make it till mile 16 and then I really start hurting like pain, pain. I can squat, but once I start getting heavy, then it hurts is, you know, some clinics just only have certain resources at their disposal. Yeah. I think, um, I think the base of physical therapy, obviously, I think there's a big underloading and intensity issue in physical therapy in general. Coming from that, a lot of clinics have very much relied on like bands and relatively lightweights, kettlebells, things like that. Whereas like, and we spend a ton of space on like treatment tables and, and things like that. When in reality, 
you might be better suited just getting a squat rack in there or, or things like that. So I thought of it as allocation of resources and just how physical therapy has has changed and, and trended a little bit over the years. But I think we're kind of stuck in this rut where all the clinics just have stuff and, and some of it might be added, but some of it might not be for certain people. It seems, and I'm, you know, I'd be curious what you're saying too. I mean, we're not too far apart now. I mean, hour and a half, two hours, as far as demographics, I feel like the sport. I'll, I'll use sport. Cause I think everyone is an athlete, you know, when you're higher functioning, mm-hmm. it seems like things are trending back that way a little bit for people that quote unquote, get it a little bit. Um, even mm-hmm. In the social media space too, I think we follow the same, you know, people from Dan Pope to um, yeah, some of the other gurus out there. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I think I guess that term of like people who get it is probably a good way to put it. it like there is a lot of physical therapists and physical therapy organizations and groups of, of clinicians who are very fitness forward and yeah. do feel very strongly about about the underloading of of our population. I think if we look at all the health issues that we as physical therapists see and all the comorbidities that come with those and just general American health resistance training and and general exercise is probably the only medicine on earth that affects all of those things positively, no matter what you got going on, whether that be diabetes all the way to an actual musculoskeletal injury, resistance training and and general exercise is huge for that. And uh, I forget who said it. I think it's uh, Craig Edwards who says that resistance training is the closest thing we have to the fountain of youth. Yeah. And I always love that because in reality, yeah, I mean, how many people are putting themselves under heavy, heavy load frequently and how many of these musculoskeletal injuries could we have potentially avoided or at least reduced the intensity of it or just a little longer, a little more used to being under load? No, I, I agree. And I think it's something that I'd be curious what you think, too, because I think you and I have similar thought processes. And I mean, I've, this has been since we've been in school together. I feel like a lot of people in the gym, sometimes there's such a an awkwardness or a nervousness about what to do and so worried about doing it right that a lot of times we choose just not to do it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think um, that's kind of where I, I lend toward, lean towards CrossFit. Because obviously in PT school and in the CrossFit's early years, it was kind of looked at as like the enemy of like true resistance training, enemy of like poor weight lifting. Did and you it was where you would go if you want to get hurt. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think we all did. I think yeah. Yeah. even in undergrad, specifically being more strength and conditioning focused, cross was always that, oh, that's people just going in there with horrible technique, just like getting hurt, throwing yeah, weights right. around that they have no business throwing around. But as I've kind of grown and, and gotten a better look into the community and then looking at the general issues of the American public, CrossFit is one of the best ways to get general people comfortable with moving heavier weights and more challenge. I personally think that it would be, you are way worse off just like not ever lifting a barbell out of fear and not getting stronger, not exposing your body to those loads than you are to go into a CrossFit gym, get comfortable with those movements, learn how to do that and challenge yourself that way. Well, and I think our, we're meant to have some resistance to that. I mean, I, I tell people yeah. too, like more often than not, as long as you're using a load that you can safely handle, your body's not gonna allow you to do something crazy where all of a sudden you have this major injury usually yeah now unless something crazy goes on i mean that happens all the time but more often you're going to be fine to just go move that weight and figure out how to do it oh for sure one thing i always say is optimal technique exists for efficiency purposes not necessarily injury prevention purposes yes there are things that we should avoid like you said lifting super heavy weights and like horrible technique like that you could potentially hurt yourself however 
the reason that like perfect techniques exist isn't to avoid injury. It's more so to move that weight as efficiently as possible. And most people would be better off moving weight with slightly suboptimal technique as opposed to not moving it at all. I agree. And I, I tell people too, I mean, I see you talk about it too, is just being consistent. If you're doing it consistently, but not perfect technique, I think that's better than doing, uh, I'm going to do it every once in a while, but when I do it, it's, it's spot on perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, that general idea that like, if your technique isn't perfect, you're, you're going to hurt yourself. doesn't give the body enough credit for its ability to adapt. I mean, body will adapt to whatever stresses we put on it. It's one of the only, if not the only machine on earth that can do that. And so if you're, you're loading it, even if it's suboptimal, your body's going to adapt to that and be able to handle that stress. I know. I agree. And the unfortunate, and this isn't, I'm not knocking on PT school at all. Cause there's so much we have to learn in a short amount of time, but I feel like yeah. we didn't get enough time really knowing or learning about, okay, how do we specifically load a tissue? As mm-hmm. far as programming and um, linear progression, periodization, unless you were a exercise science major, which I mean, granted, I think a good amount of people are in PT school, but I feel like in PT school itself, we don't talk about it too much. Yeah. I mean, even if you are an exercise science major, if you don't put it into practice, then you it, it's completely useless information. I mean, think about all of the things that we learned in PT school that we don't use and there's no way... I would be comfortable doing any of those things. I mean, we spend a ton of time learning about, and rightfully so, but learning about like neurological conditions and inpatient rehab and things like that. And those are things that I don't come across ever in the, in the population that I work with yeah. and the, the setting that I work in. And so I would not be comfortable going into an inpatient situation and, and treating people in a hospital with a lot of other comorbidities, pathologies going on. And so this can be said for exercise science, just because you have that that degree, if you're not using it. And obviously yourself and myself, like we spent a fair amount of time in the weight room in college and in grad school. And so you can put that into practice for yourself. And there's a huge amount of that. I had a lot of personal training in undergrad and grad school. And so I was, I was seeing that, that kind of feeds into your, your treatment style and you're able to lean back on some of that stuff. But if you're not using it, you're not going to maintain that knowledge. Well, and I think you just put it on Instagram last week, now that you just because you bring that up, and I couldn't agree with you more in order to really understand how to program something, I think we have to do it ourselves first. And I think yeah, I mean, I've tried tons of different things. Yeah, I'm sure you have as well. you've tried tons of different programs, you've lifted in a lot of different ways, different, different splits, different, different exercises, different activities, and you get to be your own guinea pig in that way. And, and obviously going through college, like we had a few, a few friends that we'd work out with, and we'd all try different things and, and figure out what works. And then personal training, being able to apply that to people and see how that goes. But the same can be said for an injured, injured individual. Like you already have this huge amount of information to lean back on. And I think one of the biggest things with, with lifting and active yourself is understanding what it feels like to lift a load under high intensity and with actual challenge and stressing your body. Because if you don't have that, like, how are you supposed to properly load your patients or how are you supposed to convince that patient? who's never done that as well, that this is okay. And how we go, if they're, they're afraid of it and you've never done it or never seen it, then you're also going to be a little bit afraid of it too. Yeah, no, I think that's something that's really important or be having, you know, very 
specific idea of what it feels like or what to expect in order to get the patient to buy in a little bit. Because I think once they buy in, it gives you a little more, you know, rapport with the patient versus somebody just being like, all right, just go do these three exercises and you should be fine when you're done. Yeah. I mean, patient buy-in is definitely obviously a big thing and being able to say like, oh, I've done this before or obviously me working in a gym, like I work out here as well. And sometimes I'll have patients coming in and we're doing heavy squats. Yeah. They're struggling. And I'm like, yeah, I was, I was in two hours ago doing the same thing. That's what I want to know more about too. I mean, how was your transition to CrossFit then? So personally, I don't do a, a CrossFit workout. So I'm, I'm trying to do more. Uh, it's hard. CrossFit's hard. It's there's, there's a lot of skills and there's a very high intensity and, and it's hard to not be in, immediately perfect at every skill or have skills that you just have. And even if you work out it on the side, when it comes to a workout, like just because you can do it independently, doesn't mean you can do it when you're tired and you're, you're within a workout. And yeah. so it's very frustrating, but it's been a growth opportunity for me. And it's, it's fun. I mean, you mix up everything barbells for what, like 10 years now at this point, And you get to that point where like, you're just kind of doing the same thing. It's, it's a fun to have new skills that you suck at and things to work at. And, and unlocking new abilities and challenging yourself in new ways. I think it's it's great for anyone to, to mix it up a little bit. And how did you get started? Yeah, well, when I was looking to kind of get into the community as a provider, yeah. obviously people are going to be more inclined to trust you if you know exactly what you're doing or, yeah, or right. you've done before. And so so going into that, that same thing that we talked about earlier, like I was a CrossFitter and, and some physical therapist was trying to tell me to do certain things. Like it, if you have no understanding of CrossFit whatsoever, the movements that it entails, it's going to be difficult for you to set your, your person up for that. And there are some movements that are very particular to CrossFit. Like if someone comes in like, oh, it hurts, I do my handstand pushups. Like not a ton of people are doing handstand pushups. If you don't know exactly how that goes or what that looks like, it's going to be very difficult for you to figure out what's going on there. I'm not going to lie. The handstand pushups as well as the snatch, because I've never been fantastic at it, are the two specific yeah. movements that keep me from not diving deep into doing CrossFit. <laughs> uh, overhead in general with barbell, uh, my snatch is awful. Overhead squat is awful. My gymnastics oh, are very good. but Add the overhead squat. <laughs> yeah, it is not good. And so when those come up in workouts, it's like, all right, we got to got to substitute that a little bit. Now at the gym, what's like the age demographic? I mean, are you treating people from, you know, high school age all the way until, you know, 60s, 70s? Yeah, I think it kind of varies. So actually CrossFit demographic is probably like late 20s to like mid 30s okay. around there. I treat some high schoolers. And so personally, I, I have a couple of clients who are in high school, which is great. Those are always fun. High school athletes. And then I also have some patients who are not CrossFitters, but are just kind of weekend warriors, have their their activities as old as like 50s, 60s. And so pretty wide range. And is the gym just a CrossFit gym or is it also you can just come in and work out too? So members have access to gym at all times. And then they also do like a strength cardio combo class. Up. Oh, okay. And so they do their CrossFit CrossFit workouts on one side and then they have an, a set room where they do like strength cardio combo class, which is more just general strength and cardio stuff not particular CrossFit movement. Is that downtown in Chicago or which part of Chicago are you in now? So we're located in Logan Square in Chicago, okay. which is kind of on like the west side a little bit, west of like downtown, downtown. But it's a fun neighborhood. It's a solid, solid area. Easier to get into and get out of than going all the way down. How did you get in Chicago? So my wife in grad school down here. And so she's finishing up her degree in clinical psychology. That's right. So I moved down here. What's the uh, what's the long term plan, or to be determined? Not, yeah, it's to be determined at this point. Like I'm, 
I think um, being a business owner, one of the the biggest things is you go to PT school, you're super excited and you're like, oh, I go help people. Like I get to go do this. And then oftentimes as a new guy, you end up in one of the, the PT mills as we come and you're stuck treating two to three people every hour. You're just trying to pump patients in as much as possible. And then you have to ask yourself like, man, am I, is this it? Like, is, is this what I'm going to do for the, for the next 40 years? And so, yeah, being able to create that opportunity for myself, but then hopefully long-term create that opportunity for other people to get out of that situation and, and treat people how, how you think is best in, in a way that, that you would want to be treated as a patient. And so long-term, ideally being able to hire one or two other therapists and, and give them that opportunity to grow as well and pursue areas of interest of their own so that we can create that space for, for patients and, and active adults in general. I think the, and I think this is a future um, podcast. I would love to just have a lot of private practice owners, regardless if you're cash or doing insurance and just have a big round table discussion, having an honest conversation about the state of physical therapy right now. I think um, quote unquote PT mills that are out there, think all of us that are therapists listening can point in the direction of what we think some of those are. I think they also have it figured out. I mean, with reimbursement going down, the goal also is to make money. I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward, yeah. but it's also a very slippery slope. I mean, as a profession, it, it's a tough conversation, really. Yeah, no, I think um, there's a, like you said, it could be a whole conversation outside of this, but the state of physical therapy is interesting. I think um, the state of employment and in the country in general is interesting. And there's a lot of mobility for the employee at this point. And I think a lot of people are capitalizing on that. And at some point it's going to get, it's going to get to a point where uh, physical therapists, especially young physical therapists are going to have that conversation. And I mean, I've talked to people who've been in the, in the profession for less than five years and they're like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. And obviously that's, that's sad. I mean, you spent six, seven years going through school to do this thing to help people. And then you end up in getting burned out is it's all about volume. And that's, that's a tough situation. And one thing I always tell, tell patients and and my patients, even people who ultimately might to not go through physical therapy with me is be an advocate for yourself. Like obviously those larger companies are getting a lot of referrals from physicians. That's just how it goes. But if you go into that situation and it's not, it's not right for you. And you don't think that it's going to align with your goals, like seek out care elsewhere. There, there still are a lot of smaller private practices that do take insurance and, and can give you better care. And, and those therapists aren't as burned out. Even a good therapist in a situation like that, it's very difficult to give super high quality care. And I'm lucky enough now. I, I mean, I started just like you did and realized quickly, very quickly that this is not a situation that's best for me. Now I have one-on-one care, but even then, yeah. I mean, you probably have it nicer, you know, be doing your own thing. If sometimes I get through 45 minutes with someone, I'm like, Oh God, I wish I had just a little bit more time, you know, just, yeah. you know, going, but I mean, it, it's hard to create that perfect model. You're going to lose on something. Yeah. You always have to give something up. And and even as I go into my practice, like the question of I'm cash-based now, but the question always comes up like, Oh, when are you going to start taking insurance? And I don't know, maybe never. Like when you're, when you're in that insurance model, kind of like you talked about, the, the ultimate goal is yes, in order to keep the door open, you have to, you have to make money. And so if you go that insurance model with reimbursement rates going down, you have to see more people. And there's only two ways to do that. You shorten the treatment time or you start double booking. Yeah. And neither of those are things that I, I really want to do. And I don't see myself wanting to do that anytime in the near future. So for now, I continue to work, work cash based and, 
and hopefully provide high enough quality care. And, and ultimately, if that's if the route that we're going to go, then yeah, we might miss out on some patients who need to use their their benefits, and that's fine. And you can point those people in the direction of a better situation where they can use those benefits. But it's it's just the route that I've chosen, and and I think for now it's a the correct one. I think it opens you up to um, the cash part. Is it also opens up to if you're going to pay for it, you know, yeah. you know, as a, a therapist as well as from the patient perspective that. I am dedicated to improving whatever condition yeah. that you have going on, which is a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah 100%. I think I always say one of my my biggest downfalls of, of working at a larger clinic is sometimes it feels like as a clinician that you want that person to feel better more than they do. Yeah. And you're, you're hunting that person down. You're calling them, trying to get to come in two to three times a week. You're like chasing them down, begging them, really like trying to force them into this situation. And if they don't want it, like I care about my patients. I want my patients to get better. I really, really want them to succeed and meet, meet all their goals, but I cannot want that more than they do. And in this situation, obviously the person is, is making a financial investment. And so that investment definitely comes with some buy-in and, and some commitment. And the way that I run my practice, it, that consistency and commitment is, is if you're going to be successful. It sounds like you and I are the same. To me, that was professionally besides like the skills and just like wanting to advance your skills and your knowledge of doing things for me not not that i've changed this i mean i still do want the patient to always get better i had yeah. it took me a while to get used to and to be okay with sometimes just based on the situation you want the patient to get better more than they do just based on and it may be nothing they're doing wrong it's just there's so much else going on that that's just yeah. the reality of the situation yeah and i think sometimes like we as physical therapists just assume that someone's recovery is their number one priority. And oftentimes it's not, I mean, it, obviously it's our job. And so that might be our number one priority, but it, I mean, I've turned down patients that I don't think are, are ready to commit to a consistent process. Cause if, if you're not going to be successful, like that's not a, that's not a good situation for either of us. And if you're not going to results are going and we're three, four five visits down the line and you know, progress, cause you're not really committed, then, then nobody's having a good time. Yeah, no, I agree. Joe, I want to uh, move on to something that is not PT related, even though this is a PT. I'm going to assume that outside of work that you don't just look up research 24-7 and <laughs> figure out how to be a better physical therapist, even though you are a business owner. What um, what outside of work do you like to do besides gym stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously fitness is is one thing. Staying active. I'm a classic uh, video gamer, big Call of Duty player when it's some time. So Big fan of that. I like watching sports. Patriots are my team right now. We really suck. Uh, but big win for us recently. So big win yesterday. So that's big. I, yeah, yeah, definitely big win. So so that's big. We'll see how that goes. I play a lot of airsoft, which is similar to paintball. So go around shooting people with little plastic BBs in the woods. That's always a, a fun uh, mind-numbing activity. So we get around, try and be active, hang out with friends, Chicago's. Any if future plans for any certifications or classes for PT? I'm not sure. I think um, I'm always interested in the Institute of Clinical Excellence courses and their uh, management of the fitness athlete. Obviously, that aligns well with uh, some of the stuff that I do. So I've always been interested in those courses. Um, in terms of other certification, my needling is already kind of done. I don't see any significant reason to pursue like any other further courses, maybe taking one from a different company just to get uh, a different perspective on that. But I would say probably the the fitness athlete courses from the Institute of Clinical Excellence would be top on my list for sure. Another question that I like to ask everybody that I talk with, to me, the question 
also dives deeper into basically the type of person as well as physical therapists that people are because they usually overlap a ton as we've kind of discussed already on this podcast but um Mm -hmm. what motivates you to be a better person or physical therapist that's a that's a big one yeah i think that uh i forget uh what the what the quote is but or who said it but it is basically along the lines of it is a shame for a person to go through life without understanding what their body is capable of and i think that's such a huge situation for, for for everyone like i think everyone should experience what it's like to uh to struggle and continue to push yourself to be better obviously physically mentally psychologically all these things and being a physical therapist you get to have that position where you get to help guide somebody on that journey and i think that's that's huge a lot of people have been going through life this issue or they just assume that they have to live with this forever and you get to change their mindset. You can change their beliefs. You can give them confidence in their, their body's ability to accomplish whatever goals or activities that, that they want to do. And I think that's amazing. So many, there's so much information out there in the world now and our healthcare system is, is difficult in many different ways. And so people get this in their head that like, oh, this is just a forever issue or, oh, this is what's going on or I, I can never do this activity again. And we have this opportunity to continue to change that mindset and give people confidence in their abilities to do whatever they want. Joe gave the perfect answer, I think, as to what um, physical therapists believe and basically the people that we are too, that's behind the physical therapist. Again, which is why I ask it because it overlaps perfectly. Joe, thank you again for sitting down with us. I know you got a, a little block in your schedule this afternoon to fit in a quick conversation. Yeah, for sure. It's been fun. It was great talking to you again. Congratulations on the baby. Hope all that's going well. Fatherhood's treating you well. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Everything, everything, marriage, baby, house, dog. Yeah. Got it all. I, I only got one of those. Things. Oh, two, I guess I got the dog and the marriage. So we're, we're moving. Yeah. Keep it going in the right direction. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up one day. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another week's interview podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Joe is a great mind and really is doing very well for himself, doing cash-based, as well as finding something that he really loves to do and really loves to talk about. So I thought it was a really good conversation with him. Thank you again for those that listen. If anybody has any questions or concerns, please reach out to one of our four clinics, either here in Fox Point, Grafton, Brookfield, or McGuanago. And if anyone would like a future podcast um, interview or would also be interested in a potential topic, please let us know as well. We'd love to take in any suggestions. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you in the next episode.